0: You're listening to the Eltham Baptist Church podcast. It is by grace, through faith, that you have been saved. A scripture passage this morning is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Please follow in your Bibles, printed or otherwise, um, if you are able. I'm reading from the NIV 1984 edition. And as you do that, I'll just say it truly is a joy uh, to share with you from God's word this morning. It's always a privilege and an honour to be entrusted uh, to preach God's word to his people. This is a passage full of the richness and depth of God. His immeasurable love, grace Mercy and kindness. And the title of the message this morning is God's Divine Grace. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you that we can gather together as your body to worship you, to listen to your word, and to grow in the knowledge of you through your word. Please speak into our hearts this morning in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 to 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In verses 1 to 3, we read of the condition of all who are without a saving knowledge of Christ. Alistair Begg titled these verses as the Divine Diagnosis of the Human Condition. And what exactly is that condition? Being dead in sin, thus dead to Christ. Dead to God. Spiritually dead, thus completely removed from God. But in verses 4 to 10, we read of the conditions of the regenerated heart and we will speak about that shortly all who have come to a saving knowledge of christ and what is this condition being made alive in god by virtue of his grace through faith making us spiritually alive Our focus this morning will be on verses one to three and five and six the human condition and what God has done for us. Verse 4, verses 7 to 10 expound a bit more on the why, the purpose of all of this, which is not something uh, we can give our full attention to this morning. And in God's providence, that be for another time. But just briefly, we may may define regeneration, a word that you'll hear a bit of, as an act of God, in which the believer is indwelt by God changed and enabled to understand spiritual things, an awakening as such, a quickening of the heart to respond to God and understand things of God. And this is important to understand as we look at this passage because as we see God's word, the truth of God's word, there's nothing in this human condition that can in and of itself come to a saving knowledge of God. It is God himself, by his grace, who opens our eyes and brings us to an awareness that otherwise is impossible. Just as it was an act of one man that brought sin and death into this world, it must be an act of God to bring redemption and life. Verses 1 to 3, let's look firstly at this sinful human condition. And let's be honest, it doesn't make for pretty reading. But Paul doesn't intend that we wallow in shame and guilt, but to clearly remind us of the gravity of what it is to be without Christ. And it is horrible. It's devastating. It is real. That is our natural human state without Christ. And we can see this in uh, six points as we read through these three verses. Number one, spiritually dead. Secondly, wandering the wide road, walking in the darkness of the evil one, disobedient, degenerate, deserving of due punishment. You were dead in your transgressions and sins. And that brings us to our first point, spiritually dead. Paul is talking of a spiritual death here, not a physical one. But as John Calvin puts it, it is a real and present death. Spiritual death, complete separation of the soul from God. Sin is the cause of this spiritual death from birth. We are born separated from God into sin and live as dead and as such unable to communicate with the living God. In Romans 6.23 we read, For the wages of sin is death. Simply devoid of spiritual life eternally until we partake in Christ. And as one commentator put it, we are separated from God, blind to His beauty, deaf to His voice, unable to comprehend divine truth, unable to please Him, unable to escape from this position. And as sure as Lazarus was physically dead, as recorded in the Gospel of John, only Jesus could and did raise him bodily from the grave. And as sure as Jesus himself physically died, only his father could and did raise him from the dead. It is this same regenerative power in that only he, by his grace, can regenerate, bring alive a spiritually dead soul. Only he can bring life where there is no life. Transgressions and sins mentioned here in verse 1 basically mean the same thing. Transgressions being those lapses, those missteps, stumbling, falling over, and the sins being the inherent shortcomings missing the mark falling short Romans 3:23 for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God point number 2 when you followed the ways of this world we could say that is wandering the wide road and a very wide road it is indeed wandering with the masses, drifting with the current, following the crowd, embracing and living by the world's standards and values, following the lifestyles and thinking of worldly people, just living in deadness to God and the things of him. And let us be reminded that worldly is not godly, and godly certainly is not worldly. As one commentator puts it, the world is a satanically organised system that hates and opposes all that is godly. So no matter how subtle or hidden, it is there in all its pervasive and insidious evil, opposition to God, all that is of him. Make no mistake, if it's not in God, it's not of God, and therefore opposed to God. And of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Point three, walking in the darkness of the evil one. The evil one, Satan. The ESV, English Standard Version, translates this as the prince of the power of the air. In 1 John 5 19, we read, the whole world is under control of the evil one. So this is his domain, albeit under the sovereign. And provenant purposes of God. Without Christ, we're all in the clutches of this ruler, this prince, and follow in opposition to God. Whether it is known, fully known, whether we fully know it or not. The Spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Point number four: disobedient human condition. His work is real and present. It is not active, it is not passive, but in direct opposition to that of the Holy Spirit. As we read, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if that is the case, which it is, a remedy is needed in order to be brought back to God's presence in all of his glory. As one commentator puts it, we are not equally depraved in our sin, in the manifestations of our sinful nature, but equally dead nevertheless, and equally in need of redemption. All are guilty. All are in need of redemption. Gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts In King James, we read fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. So our point number five is degenerate. That is the human condition naturally orientated away from God toward fulfilling its own desires and wants. And we must be reminded that the sinful nature... It is a perversion, it's a tainting, a corruption, a pollution, a compromise of what God had created perfect, including the thoughts of the mind from what it was in Adam prior to the fall. And following, that is to do, fulfill, carry out. It's active, it's not a spectator sport. If something is polluted from its original pure state, and anything that flows from it is necessarily impure cannot be cannot be otherwise there's nothing whatsoever the human soul can do to purify itself and like the rest we were by nature objects of wrath deserving of divine punishment wrath is not a word we hear a lot of these days it really is God's holy, just, righteous reaction to evil, his righteous judgment upon sin. If we are all by virtue of our innate sinful nature, automatically, well, we are automatically under his judgment, automatically. Though God, being fully God, his love is manifest in his wrath. Because he is love, he is by very nature opposed to evil and there must be consequence and that is eternal spiritual death existence apart from him God is who he is he is absolutely holy is there such a thing as life being alive to God with evil and sin no, in sin we are dead He wants us alive to him. That is love. So in verses 1 to 3, we see an utterly hopeless, helpless picture of the human condition, unholy, under his judgment, and condemned to eternal separation from him. And what's more, there is absolutely no ability on our human part to change that situation. No redeeming features that warrant exemption, no power to reach God's glory. Paul, the Jew of Jews, he realised that even with his impeccable standards of upholding the law, could not come close to reaching God's glory. No merit in us that is deserving of anything else, no escape. But God, but God, God, verses 5 and 6, the spiritually alive condition. We may call this the new condition in Christ. By his grace alone, through faith alone, we are no longer condemned. Romans 8, chapter 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death he died was buried and on the third day rose from the dead to once for all defeat this spiritual death that through him eternal life not death is provided for all who would believe that is grace that is grace, unmerited, undeserved, amazing grace. The spiritually regenerated condition, being alive in God, is seen in three things God has done for us in these verses. First of all, he has made us alive with Christ, alive with Christ. There is only but one remedy for death, resurrection. Only God has the power to raise anyone physically or spiritually from death and he has done it in christ through his physical resurrection he has resurrected believers hearts from the dead and indeed can resurrect the hearts of unbelievers from the dead the message of the cross I'm sure we've all heard this, is foolishness to those who don't believe because it is impossible to grasp, makes no sense, but the power of God to us who are saved. As stated earlier, it requires God himself to bring redemption and life where there is only sin and death. Only he can do it. And in Christ, he has done it for all those who would believe Second point, God raised us up with him. Christ was dead and buried. Christ was made alive, raised, ascended and seated by the power of God. He raised us from spiritual death, sins being pardoned. And in John 10, verse 10, we read, he has come to give us life and life to the full its fullness in him that is the promise and thirdly god has seated us with him in the heavenly realms the unseen world of spiritual reality unseen nevertheless real There are still things necessarily that remain unseen for god's good purposes heavenly realms are real Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verse 3, we read, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every blessing, spiritual blessing in Christ. Verse 19, 20 of the same chapter, That power is like the working of his mighty strength, in which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. And further, further, far above all rule and authority. That is Christ. And He has seated us with Him. Spiritually, we have died with Him, been made alive with Him, been raised with Him, and seated with Him. In conclusion, It is only God who could and has made provision to regenerate spiritually dead souls from the depravity of sin to redemption and eternal life in him. He is our hope and our salvation. From spiritual death, wandering the wide road, walking in the darkness of the evil one, disobedient, degenerate, deserving of due punishment by his grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone for the glory of God alone we have life and only in him is life, being made alive with him, raised with him, seated with him and why has God done all of this? Because of who He is. And some words we won't get to this morning grace, love, kindness, mercy. It's because it is who God is. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you for your word, your revelation of yourself to us. We pray you would continue to speak to us this morning as we welcome back to share with us. May your spirit continue his work in our hearts, draw us, stir us, keep us attentive to your word and what you have done and what you have For us this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. You've been listening to the Eltham Baptist Church Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or simply pay us a visit, go to www.elthambaptist.net.